to a life extraordinary. I'm coming to you from my podcasting booth, the Airstream. And um, and it, tonight, it's exactly what I'm going to be talking to you about. I'm going to be talking to you uh, all about uh, why myself and so many others have made the jump from a traditional lifestyle to living out of an Airstream. So uh, this iconic US-made camper is uh, hands down the most recognizable camper van out there. Shaped, for those that, are, that don't know what an Airstream is, it's it's a camper van um, with, uh, well, it's actually, uh, sorry, it's a camper trailer, not, a, not the van. You could also have a camper van, but mine is a camper trailer that looks like a bullet, you know, the silver uh, aluminum outline. Uh, and, and it's got this great, great curved shape at the top and around the edges. And this is why they're called Airstream, because Wally Beam was originally, the founder was originally into uh, airplane and airplane design. And he realized that if in order for these rigs not to be pushed around on the roads, uh, they should be as streamlined as possible. So making the air stream over them all fluidly. So that's a really neat thing. And, uh, and, and it's when you're driving, you really understand how, how it's so beneficial because if you get hit by a gust of wind, unlike uh, the big box trailers that just get thrown all around, the air flows over the Airstream. Now, they are indeed expensive. They are known as the Porsches of, uh, of campers, the Ferraris of campers, the most luxurious of campers. Uh, they start at around, right now, my camper starts at 56,800 US. So that's a, uh, a proper 10, 15 grand. So that's uh, about 75 grand Canadian. Um, mine is the 2017 Bambi Sport. So it's the smallest classic shape. You can see it in all of our pictures all over uh, our social media. And uh, it's 16 feet long, weighs 3,500 pounds. And that's pr- that point in particular is why we originally chose this one. And that's because at 3,500 pounds, most SUVs can pull them just fine. So we were uh, using a Volkswagen Touareg to pull it before we ended up getting our pickup truck. Um, they, you know, for the Airstream's history, they're, they're one of the most, if not the longest, oldest um, uh, company when it comes to camper van making. Um, they were founded uh, in 1929 by Wally Beam. Um, they started, he started making really the trailer. He made a, a version of a trailer in 29 and then the 30 uh, more, more along the lines of an Airstream. But at the time, camper vans were exploding so much in, in regards to not, ex- not literally exploding into flames. Uh, no, but more so the sales because it's, you know, this lifestyle, uh, for those that have glimpsed it, is the most comfortable way to go and be out immersed in nature uh, and still have all of the luxuries uh, of life. For example, a shower, a hot shower at that, a toilet, uh, uh, a fridge, uh, uh, you know, a stove top, a kitchen sink, a dinette table that turns into a bed, and of course, a bed, because what is an Airstream if it doesn't have a great bed? Um, out of the 400 companies at the time in the, in the 30s that were making air, uh, camper vans, 
the only one that still exists today is Airstream. Um, so, so it's really neat that they've survived so long and that they're known for being very, very uh, well-made, um, particularly because they're, they're made in the United States, but also because of the detail, the qualities uh, and the craftsmanship. Um, and so much of the Airstream, uh, so much of the basics hasn't changed over the years. So really they, they dialed it in and what the changes that tend to come around each year are more topical and, and aesthetics, like uh, changing the countertop and things like that. Um, you know, for us, it's a lifestyle change. And we used to be uh, the, the couple that would be in a small tent uh, standing in front uh, or uh, camped next to a massive RV. And uh, so many times we looked at each other super annoyed because the camper or the RV next to us was uh, had their generator going and, and, uh, and you could hear the fans or, or things like that. And uh, we always said, oh, that's not camping. But Indeed, when Mikio was born, uh, we realized that in order to continue the lifestyle that we were living and to do it comfortably, we needed to have some type of base. And when we go into the backcountry, by having uh, the Airstream, we have that base because we could go on a big hike up in the mountains and it could be cold and miserable. Yet, at the same time, we're happy and, and comfortable in, in our in our airstream when we get back from the hike. Um, so many times that we've gone on a canoe trip on Maline Lake, for example, um, we get back from our canoe trip and Catalina and Mikio, they just like get out of the, the canoe and walk straight towards the parking lot to get to Happy because they know Happy, oh, Happy's the name of our airstream, by the way. Uh, they know that Happy uh, implies warmth, heat, shower, bed, food, and perhaps a little watching on the iPad. Um, so, when we got it, we, we, we were going to actually name, you know, Airstreamers are so proud of their rig that they'd give them names because they personify adventure in life. <laughs> yeah. um, but really, no, we do, we do name them. And uh, we were originally going to call, being all Canadian, we were originally going to call ours Igloo because we thought, hey, you know, it's like an Igloo and we're Canadian and, and we like to be in the cold and it keeps us warm and shelter. And Mikio was so happy every single time that he was in the Airstream and just loved playing in it and loved cuddling here and, and everything all about it and playing outside and the access to the outdoors that it gave him, that he was just so happy that we couldn't think of a better name than to name it Happy. So the Expeditioners Airstream is called Happy. Um, there's a lot of Airstreamers also number their rigs and you can get it from a registry and whatnot and they put the numbers on the back of the airstream i believe they say that 70 percent of airstreams that were ever built are still on the road today and it's it's really neat because it's not just as um a camper van that people buy them but it's also as uh a an office as turning it into a hair salon mobile hair salon uh, mobile showroom so many of the trade shows that I go to in the United States, uh, a lot of the booths, many of the booths over the years are an Airstream. Indeed, I think Mustang Survivals is an Airstream right now. So so that's pretty, oh no, there's a square box. Uh, but I've seen many, many that, that are uh, an Airstream. So we use ours in, we've used it 
all over North America, um, all the way from southern states to northern Canada. Um, We did a big, big trip, about 15,000 kilometers uh, a couple of years ago for Jeep as well and uh, with our Airstream. haven't noted yet, but we're ambassadors for Airstream as well. Um, so we, we help represent the brand, uh, get the word out about how amazing these rigs are, kind of like I'm doing now, I guess. <laughs> but it is sincere. This is, this is true of why I, 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 I love our rig. And um, my wife always said, whenever we arrive to, to a, a campground, that our rig is the nicest rig. And I must say she's right. <laughs> It's uh, it's definitely something something spectacular about being able to to travel. So a little bit about uh, right now. It's about minus five outside Celsius, and uh, and I'm in the airstream. I'm cozy and warm. So a little bit about winter camping. It's got uh, a propane heater that I could use. So it's got an electric heater on the roof that I could use as well on the and on the ceiling. And the difference is that when I'm using the propane heater, uh, obviously it runs off the propane, the the tanks that are on the front of the rig, and it allows me to be boondocking, which is just to be parked anywhere I want to be and still have have my heating. Whereas if I have, uh, if I'm plugged somewhere, like I am at at the moment, then I can simply plug the Airstream into the land power supply, and that gives me everything I need to, to have the electricity for whatever my needs may be. So that's the two heating systems. Now, I tend to use in winter a third heating system, which is just so practical because being that my airstream is so small and they're so well made that air doesn't escape them uh, very well, and, and unless you open windows to ventilate, that uh, the heat keeps very easily. And mine is quite petite. It's only 16 feet long. Um, and so what I was going to say is I use uh, a small little electric portable heater that I simply plug uh, into the outlet. And that's the heating that I primarily use when I'm camping. And a lot of people will ask, well, will your lines freeze? I've used the Airstream up until minus 20. And the only time that they've they've frozen was once at around minus 30. And that was a cold snap day that I was uh, not expecting. And nothing burst, fortunately, because that's one of the problems that people with campers have uh, in winter is that the lines will burst. And so just like the chaos that would happen in your house if your lines burst, then the same thing same thing happens here. It's just a disaster. But because my lines are inside the Airstream underneath, they're not exposed, they don't tend to, to, to freeze as quickly. Furthermore, because the Airstream is small, the distance that the, normally the distance the water has to travel, the more distance there is, the more likelihood that you're going to have part of something uh, freezing up on you. So, um, so nothing's ever broken on me and I've had it in extremely cold conditions. Right now it's been parked uh, here at uh, Whistler RV Park for, for about a month. Uh, I use the Airstream both as my office and as my photo shoot and prop and as a, a lifestyle tool for our family. And even when it's a lifestyle tool for a family, in our case, it's work because we're photographers, videographers, and uh, and basically everything that we do around the Airstream is work-related because even when we're here and we're going on a trip, our trips are all work-related because that's how we shoot and create content and make a living. Uh, we're also ambassadors for Airstream. So whenever we're using the Airstream and posting on our Insta stories, and talking about it at the same time where we're promoting the brand. So that's something that the millennial generation has realized very quickly is that if they simply uh, make some changes in their lifestyle that they could 
both be out in nature uh, more often in national parks, provincial parks, state parks, uh, whatever it may be like that, and still be able to get their work. Sorry about that. Uh, um, somebody was trying to call. I wonder how I could block a call uh, for future when uh, when I'm doing my podcast. Ah, something to learn later on. Um, but um, but as as I was saying, is uh, millennials have many of have have realized that uh, if you can work out of your moving office, uh, then you don't have to go to the office anymore, and it's just so much of a healthier lifestyle to be on the road with your partner alone or with your family and be able to use the Airstream as, as an office. For us, it's been an incredible boon because our place is only a one bedroom in, uh, in Whistler. And so it gets a little bit crazy, I must say, uh, quite quickly um, when, we're, when I'm trying to work at home with three little ones uh, going, daddy, 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 daddy. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons that, that millennials have realized that the Airstream is such a great tool for the lifestyle because it gives you the ability to be in, have it as an office while at the same time living in the outdoors. And during the pandemic, it's been incredible because during the times that we were on full shutdown here in Canada, where you weren't allowed to go out of your uh, region, in, in our case, we were told to stay, uh, basically stay in Whistler uh, and that area, then I was able to park the Airstream just in the forest that I do nearby and have it as a country house for the kids and a way to get outside with the kids very easily. Another neat thing about having an Airstream during a pandemic is that by having it, you're able to uh, to stay away from people. So for in, in our case, when we were concerned, when we were in the early stages of COVID and none of it, when none of us had gotten vaccinated, it was very concerning to be around other people, but a, a very healthy way to be able to be in the outdoors and away from people nonetheless was simply by taking uh, by going to the Airstream. And so we were still in outdoors. We we're still having a very healthy lifestyle, but we weren't uh, touching and connecting with people in that way. That was dangerous. Furthermore, when we do invite friends uh, to be and hang out uh, at the Airstream, we're usually having bonfires and marshmallows and, and activities as such that, that are, that are very quite safe on anybody uh, being getting COVID. Now, um, I'm talking about all these pandemic COVID things in the Airstream again, uh, simply because obviously it looks like the world wants to reshut down on us. And that's super not cool <laughs> because uh, it will push, you know, in our case, fortunately we have the Airstream so that we can go out to the, to the forest and, and we can still have our, our healthy lifestyle um, without having to go to hotels where we're touching tons of buttons and, and more possibilities of getting COVID from travelers. Um, a few of the things that I, a few of the trips that we've done with this Airstream um, include a 15,000 kilometer uh, road trip across Canada, down the eastern coast of the U.S., across south southern U.S., and back up the coast all the way back to uh, to Vancouver. And on this journey, uh, we saw so much of the states prior to, to the shutdown and the White Sands National Park still remains one of the most unique places I've ever visited with its giant white sand dunes and, and being able to go and camp uh, amongst the dunes. It, it, you feel like you're on another planet. And it was really cold and, and uh, difficult and a, a bit when it came to the weather. But 
but the kids knew that the airstream was parked in the parking lot. So when I, uh, a couple, after a couple of days of camping, we'd go back to the airstream and everybody could warm up and, and cuddle up and have a hot shower and things like that. So, so lots of different re- ways where the airstream is, is absolutely uh, a, a gem. Uh, another few spots in the States that I loved was uh, going up to, through Oregon because I prefer having an airstream as a trailer because I'm able to take so much gear on it. So when we got to Oregon, I was able to kite surf there and have the airstream as a base. Uh, So after I'm tearing off this four millimeter wetsuit where I'm super, super uh, was a little bit cold and wet and you go back to the airstream and you get a a hot shower. Um, You know, for, for us, it's also a lot safer to have a trailer versus having the camper van lifestyle because, um, Truth be told, uh, whether it's an airstream camper van, a regular camper van, camper van is when like the camper is inside the van, and uh, and the big reason for that is in case of an accident, there's stuff flying all over the place, and our children, uh, three of which we have now, are sitting in the back. So so in an accident with a camper van, then it's very dangerous because you get stuff flying all over, and and many accidents kids and people are hurt more so by the things that are that are uh, flying around than anything else um so it's a lot safer to have a trailer style camper than having uh, a van one you know for us it's all about the it's all about the work and shooting and the lifestyle but at the same time it's it's about being able to do these activities as a family while at the same time getting our work done and i think that's the key that millennials have have touched upon which is like hey i don't have to make my work and my uh, my lifestyle uh, of adventure and fun and and family mutually exclusive i can actually uh, converge them and, and together have this this incredible uh way of living because truly it, it is for our generation a life hack the baby boomers uh, my parents included used to tell me what you're going to make a living by having fun and that's exactly what i do you know i i i shoot and i create content and i promote uh living a lifestyle wherein you're able to uh merge it w- more so uh with your work um and that's that's how how we've been doing it, um, and by having this moving base for our adventures, then uh, work can be anywhere. Apparently, the airstream has been in many many movies. You know, oftentimes when I meet someone that doesn't has never heard of an airstream <laughs> or has no idea what they are, uh, I'll tell them, "Hey, uh, it's the you know it's like those silver bullets that you see in movies." That that a car pulls by, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, those are so cool. What they still make them, and uh, and many people don't realize that it's not the the same shape. The same airstreams are still made, um, obviously with tweaks from uh, and changes since the 1930s. But but that quality and craftsmanship ha- craftsmanship has remained the same. Um, to give you an idea, I was on a road trip. It was at the time my lady. Mikio, who was about two or three years old, uh, two years old, I guess, and myself. And um, and we were driving to the Northwest Territories. And the Northwest Territories, on the, the, the roads leading to town and from town, heave. And what's that to say is that they, with the freezing of the, of the roads, uh, it creates these massive undulations that are kind of like waves. And if you're not used to them, 
you, your car just goes flying. So we were at the very beginning of when these uh, heaves in the road were starting and I was going about 80 kilometers an hour and, and it's like hitting a lip of a ramp. And I just, I, at the time I was driving my Toyota Tundra pulling the airstream and I feel the front two tires of the truck just go airborne. And I'm like, oh, sheesh. <laughs> oh, sheesh. <laughs> and, uh, and I turned to my wife. And it's one of those, like, slow motion things. I think everything car accident related, you feel like it's happening in slow motion. And I turned to my wife and, and I just give her a look of, like, this is not going to be good. And then I feel the rear two tires of the truck go airborne as well. And, and the front two tires are still airborne. And... And I'm just waiting. And then I feel the airstream go airborne behind us. And we are flying through the air. And I'm pretty much 100% sure that when we land, we're going to have a major accident. Because I don't think trucks and airstreams are originally made to go airborne. But the front tires stuck down. The back tires stuck down as well, and the airstream came down with a resounding crash, but nothing happened. It didn't break, it didn't explode in flames, we didn't wipe off and go off the road. And I think that this is obviously in big part to how well they're made. So when I went, we, we, we were in shock that we were alive <laughs> from that uh, flying truck and airstream, but but I went to the back to check and the only thing that had broken, sure there had been lots of stuff that had like fall out of cabinets and, and whatnot. But uh, the only thing that had broken was a crack near my electrical panel in the wall uh, because the hits when the Airstream landed was so significant that, well, it created that, that hairline crack there. But again, this goes to tell you how well these rigs are made. I've have a few other friends that have uh, other brands of campers and, um, and they're constantly having terrible issues to deal with them. Uh, and uh, that really comes down to not using high quality materials and, and not the best uh, craftsmanship. So, so in that regard, the Airstream, the quality goes a long, long way. I mentioned earlier that the lines underneath, so the lines for the water, are inside. So when I'm heating my unit in winter, uh, it's a lot easier to keep those lines from, from freezing. Uh, on our cross Canada and then down the coast and cross US road trip, uh, we hit a big snowstorm in Manitoba and it was raging. And the question was, do we pull over and stop at a campground? And we're like, no, 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 I think we can punch through before it gets really bad. Well, we start driving and we're going into the eye of the storm and, and the wipers are going first slowly and faster and faster and the snow's accumulating super fast so our speed suddenly goes from 70 to 60 to 50 to 40 and then the whole highway is going like 20 kilometers an hour because the winter and snow conditions are just so absolutely terrible so it gets to a point where, where trailers are dangerous to drive when it's the roads are very slippery because if you tap on the brakes in the wrong way then they could uh you know, it could make, you're breaking the vehicle, but you're not breaking the trailer. You, the trailer has brakes, but it still creates a push on the rig uh, that isn't great. And that's what happens when a trailer starts to slide behind you. And then it can take the car off the road just from its momentum 
uh, of sliding out, right? So, so we decided, you know, we we got to pull over, and we we pull over into the, what used to it looks like an old gas station or old campground, but it's closed. And the guy's like, "You could just park here uh, in the entrance of the driveway because we're expecting a lot of snow." And it was like two feet of snow, three feet of snow. The snow drifts were just piling up against the airstream and the guy gave us an extension cord that we were able to plug in uh plug in the rig so that we had electricity throughout this ordeal uh so that we wouldn't uh run out of electricity or wouldn't have to run the generator in order to give us the electricity that we need to run the propane and it was just a mega mega snowstorm like i've rarely ever seen uh and definitely part of of the adventure but the kids were cozy and happy my wife was very happy we were all delightfully comfortable parked on the side of the road uh, in the airstream. And I think that's another thing that uh, millennials have realized that if I'm going to live this lifestyle of traveling a lot with my family and being on the road a lot with them, then I have to find a way (laughs) to reduce the friction that I might have in the family because of discomfort. And a big thing like from that is simply having a camper, because if you have a camper, camper van, then you don't have the discomfort of, uh, of oh geez we're gonna pop the roof you know a rooftop tent that in though that snowstorm that we had would have been very tricky or or pitch a tent that's just not comfortable no heating and no shower and uh, no stove top and no bed and no <laughs> sound system so so that's what makes it the millennial realize it's like I can have all of these things at the same time that I'm doing my work um, and be with my family while I'm while I'm in the outdoors uh, and traveling you know. And, and I think that I, I, I often tell friends that the Airstream is hands down one of the, mo- the best investments we've ever made because of the happiness that it's brought to us. Inside of it, I'm looking right now, we've got uh, like Polaroids shots all over, uh, basically from the adventures and the places we've gone with our Airstream. And I'm seeing here, uh, Texas. I, I see one in Texas. I see uh, the Rockies. I see when we were in uh, New York state. I see uh, outside of my parents' place in Montreal. Um, we've taken it really uh, all over. And that's a big part of, of, of having this lifestyle is that you can travel and explore. Now, I think I mentioned to you already that they're about 56,500 US, so about 72 grand Canadian. And uh, unfortunately, right now, there's a big backlog of orders because during the pandemic, so many people that aren't traveling internationally anymore realize that by having a camper van, they can explore the country uh, so much better and, and they don't have to leave the country and medical insurance and all that jazz. And there's a mi- a million reasons why it's it's great during a pandemic to have a camper van like this one. Now, the 30-foot one that I would love to have as well, the goal is to have a little one and a big one. And that way, the little one's my office and the big one when we travel as a family uh, becomes our, 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 our rig. But a classic 30-foot right now is going for 180,000 US. So they are expensive. But there's a reason for that. They can fly and they can weather massive Canadian snowstorms. <laughs> um, another of the places we love to go with our Airstream is Nittanet. And uh, this one requires taking a long forestry road on Vancouver Island. And and the rig, as long as you take it slow, you're able to take this forestry road. And for us, it's a kite surfing trip. So you have your camper, you have the family in full comfort, 
But at the same time, uh, I'm able to kite surf, which is for us shooting the brands that I'm shooting for kite surfing and, and the brands for uh, fire starters and Airstream included. So work is play, play is work. Um, and, uh, and one of the things that I like to tell people is that uh, Airstreamers tend to modify their rigs. So I've got solar panels on the roof uh, that help me keep the batteries going longer. I've got a special system inside called uh, Airstream Connect, which gives me, uh, it's like having a Wi-Fi chip. It's actually, you have a Wi-Fi chip in it, but it gives me Wi-Fi in the Airstream and all the way to the car uh, when I'm traveling all over the USA. Um, it, a lot of people will also raise the airstream, and that's something that I'd like to do, um, maybe about three inches or so, because that allows me to get over uh, bigger obstacles, particularly on forestry roads. Um, one of the my funny stories on a forestry road is, you know, you know having a small airstream versus a big one. I always I like to tell people the you're happy that you have the small one when you're moving. And you're happy that you have the big one when you're parked because the big ones, you really have to plan your exit off the highway, what road you're going to take because you have to have a place to turn the rig around. Now, my Airstream is only 16 feet long and it fits in a, in a, in a parking spot. So even when we go to stores like uh, Costco, we're just taking up two parking spots, one front, one in back. I've even parked it on the, uh, on the streets of, uh, uh, of Montreal and, and uh, of Vancouver, and you just I just take two parking spots. Now, of course, you got to find the two parking spots, but that's uh, that's not too hard um, most of the time. So, so I highly recommend that. And so, yeah. So, where I was going with that story is that when I'm when I'm uh, I took this forestry road and I was exploring to see where I could park what I call my office um, for for a stint uh, not too far from Whistler here. And, and I got to a, uh, a section which was way too inclined to go up. So I simply, uh, and then and the Airstream and the truck would have lots of difficulty going up and I didn't want to have issues. So I'm in a single lane forestry road. Now, how do I turn the Airstream around? And uh, if I can't go forward anymore. So I thought about it and I got out and I looked around. And, and then I think about 10 minutes later, I realized, you know what, I'm going to have to back it up as far as I can uh, on this on this uh, jackknife by jackknifing it towards the edge of the road. Then I removed it so I, from the truck. So I stabilized, not stabilized it, I, I chalked the tires so it wouldn't move. Then I removed it from the truck. But then I did a 20-point turn with the truck and then rehitched it pointing in the other direction. So this is just one of the really neat things you can do when you have a, a small airstream. And again, part of that whole millennial uh, lifestyle of exploring and having a vessel that allows you to do that and, uh, and solutions to be found when you're in a, a conundrum. And I think that's a big part of, of having, having this camper. And then the stories of, of how we've had uh, adventures or misadventures. Now, another thing is uh, in the early years, uh, which many I've met many airstreamers that do the exact same thing, is that by renting out their place, which is often in a touristic destination on Airbnb, they jump into the Airstream when they're doing that or travel for a few months. And then by, by having rented their original home, then they, they're making the income that literally ends up paying off uh, their very own Airstream. So, so the, I've met several, several uh, 
people like that. And I found that that uh, really neat. Another cool thing is air streamers like to wave at each other. And uh, and, and they rec- it's a recognition of like, oh, I understand you. I, I know what you mean about this good lifestyle. Um, because it does. It'll, it, you know, we've explored the Rockies and Northwest Territories several times and all the way to Magdalen Islands and uh, White Sands National Park and uh, all uh, through sections of Colorado and California and Joshua Tree. And so, so it allows you to visit all these places while maintaining a level of comfort. And uh, furthermore, millennials in a big part have been priced out by the shocking and skyrocketing value of properties uh, all over Canada, the US, and, and in many places in the world. So by by deciding to buy a $50,000 Airstream versus a uh, $1.5 million one-bedroom condo in New York, they end up not only saving money, but having a healthy lifestyle uh, while they're doing it. And for us, I think that the biggest key has been having it with the children because it allows us to still do what we love while the children are able to have a very healthy uh, lifestyle from it as well. So I'm a big, big Airstream fan. You can head over uh, and Ambassador, you can head on to their website and check on everything you'd like about them and the different layouts. I think our dream rig right now is to to have a 25 or 30 foot with bunk beds um, because, well, yes, we've kept multiplying and have three little ones now. But uh, and then you can also uh, see the different uh, layouts that they have in decor. Another one that I really liked was a Globetrotter. It was called the Globetrotter. And the back of the Airstream where the dinette is opens up entirely to open air. So so I thought that was that was really, really cool as well. Um, And if you want to see more about how one lives that lifestyle you can always look at the hashtag live live riveted uh as well and um and there you go um so really appreciate uh you all listening uh this evening this evening well it might be evening for you uh but for me it's beautiful daylight with tons of snow that i do have to go and shovel out so that i can move the airstream (laughs) but uh but thank you very much uh for listening everyone really appreciate it and and i do highly highly recommend uh getting an airstream it's uh it's a big (laughs) unfortunately you might have a long wait wait time right now but it's it's a big part of our lifestyle and and my and my work as well um because well it's also my podcasting booth (laughs) well i i'll be chatting a lot more about uh, airstream again you can also go uh check out uh our social media instagram and facebook the expeditioners uh and you'll see all the different places uh that we've taken ours um and she has been spectacular because it's just it's just the nature uh, of of having a camper as such so uh wishing everybody a wonderful end to the day Right now, I have to go winterize the Airstream. And uh, some people say, does that mean you're preparing it for winter uh, in regards to being able to use it in winter? And, and actually, what it means is I'm going to be unplugging it at the moment because I'm going off on a on a quick one-month trip. And, uh, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to empty all the water from the Airstream. And then I'm going to put air in the lines so that it pushes all the water out. And finally, I put antifreeze in the lines. And that way, when I leave it parked in my storage, which is outdoors, uh, it doesn't get affected. Uh, the lines wouldn't freeze or the water wouldn't freeze because 
there isn't any to do so. So that is the task that I have at, at hand today. One of those things that took me a couple of years to learn, but once I got it, it was easily done. And, um, and there you go. Once again, thanks for listening in on this beautiful sunny day coming to you from Whistler, British Columbia. I'm Roberto, your host, and, uh, and I hope to, that you'll join us next time. Have a very, very nice day, Expeditioner.